G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and Kays is with me back in the studio. How are you going, Kays? I'm good, mate. I had to bring my Glen 20, spray it all down because yeah. you're obviously high risk in this this little studio here. Well, that's what I did to you uh, after you came out of quarantine. I just mm. sprayed you down with some Glen 20. It's good stuff, Glen 20. It uh, smells nice. There's a lady at work who just like obsessively like sprays it every Everywhere, like deodorant. Yeah, like every morning she'll just do like a sweep of the place in Glen 20 like it's going to cure COVID or something. But uh, yeah, maybe that's what's in the injections. Who knows? But anyway, uh, yeah, no, let's not talk about injections. Get your injections, people. That's the uh, message at the moment. It's just, just Glen 20 and 5G <laughs> chips. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need. Uh, yeah, well, maybe avoid the 5G chips. I don't really know what the uh, go is with all that, but I'm not a conspiracy theorist like you, Case. But anyway, I'm out of ISO and it's, uh, yeah, it's good. It's nice. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Uh, you gave me a bit of advice. You know, you gave me a few tips and stuff, but uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I got through it. I got through it. It's definitely better being at work. I've never been more excited to be at work on a Monday. It's weird, isn't especially it? Especially after being inside for two weeks. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, yeah, like, it's fine. It was fine. Got through it. And uh, yeah, had a good time with the fam. Did lots of cooking and now I'm out. And for now, we'll see what happens. So what was your big dish? What did Jamie Oliver Jamie Oliver produce through lockdown? Ah, God. Uh, what I do? The first week I actually did like his like fried chicken. So like the full buttermilk fried chicken, like soak it in brine, soak it in buttermilk, you know, crumb, fry, all that sort of stuff. So that was pretty good. Um, I did the, uh, I actually learned how to set it. It's pierogi. It's okay. the Polish, you know, thing with the potatoes and oh, yeah. pasta and stuff like that. Yep, yep. So that was good. Made some of that. Uh, made a few, just a few pasta dishes out of the Italian book. No, nothing too special, but uh, yeah, it's pretty nice things there. Chef that can be sane. I love cooking. Like, Chef you know Hef. Yeah. Chef Hef. Yep. Correct. It's got a nice little ring to it. Mm. I don't like cooking. But, um, you know, speaking of cookings and uh, things heating up, uh, we had a game against each other, which we probably didn't give enough light on the uh, socials. I didn't actually realize it was happening until it already started. Well, it was kind of like a dead rubber. Cause it I was, could, yeah. Nothing could really change. No one could lot. go up. No one could go down. And we'd always, would end up playing each, th- other. each other the following week in the finals. Mm-hmm. So, we had a match on the weekend. I won. By Just 93 points. By 93 points. You did have Jack Steele, captain, who scored 163, was it? 162, yes. 162, and you still couldn't get over the line. Oh, so, that's- well, uh, It's like Brody Grundy had 129, <laughs> and you just happened to have Callum Mills at 152. So You know what's actually- And Dane Zorgo at 132. So, you know, you pulled a few decent scores there. Was, Jack Steele was 162, and then who else turned up for me? James Walpole. Yeah. Jai Simpkin and Matt Kennedy. I've been meaning to have a, have a go at you about James Warhol. So, a few weeks ago, you told me he's barely even on field. He's your bench midfielder. Mm. I had a look at your midfield. It mm. is trash. And even the guys on the reserves are no good. So, how is James trash. Warhol? I think you were playing James Robottom over him at the time. And that was yeah, the thing. Now, fine. James Robottom sucks. Hey, and he's firmly like one of your better midfielders. you got Hopper out now. I'm Hopper out now. Hey, he's going to be he's gonna be one of your finals mainstays yeah, on James Warhol. I'm, uh, I'm not coming into this game with a hell of a lot of confidence unless uh, Jack Steele can possibly pull out 162 but I had a lot of passengers last week like you know it's probably more likely for Jack Steele to pull out 160 than it is for Brady Grundy to pull out 130 these days at the moment it's true so yeah anyway sorry go on Uh, nah but you know I don't know I've just got a bit of a ragtag bunch I'm gonna have to rely on like Bally Scott or someone to score me some points this week probably shouldn't have traded away all those good players for peanuts but uh, well funny you say that okay because here we go justifying it again so at the moment (laughs) Cornelio's out yeah so, so is Matt Flynn, who you traded him for. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that, so that's Eden Stevens. <laughs> Clark's out. Wilpinski can't get a game. Eden Stevens. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's just how v Whitfield. So it would much, I think every person in the world would yeah, rather have Whitfield. So than what did he have last week? Whitfield away. What did he have last Whitfield week? Whitfield had eighty on a really down week. 
Ah, see, so I've won. No, you have not. So the haters are going to hate, <laughs> hate, hate, hate Whitfield for how? Let's put it out there to the uh, listeners. Well, everyone, we'll show, doesn't we matter. See who they prefer. But anyway. Uh, when, you, look, when you're a premiership winner, Hef, you can do whatever you want. Speaking you of surveying. Up, you can sack, sack the coach. Speaking of surveying our listeners, uh, we've actually got a 2021 survey up on our website now. So and I got emailed out today. I'll probably uh, spam you a bit more with it over the next few weeks. I apologize. Just we need to get probably about 100 people doing it to get an actual gauge of where we're at and uh, some of the things we need to do. So if you see the link on your socials or see the email, um, please take uh, 10 minutes to do the social because, uh, sorry, to do the survey because we uh, we actually rely on it to kind of make improvements to our podcast, know where to, you know, direct time, invest time, all that sort of stuff, invest money, all that sort of stuff as well. So, and also there's, you know, there's another good reason to do it um, mm-hmm. because you can win some prizes if you do do it. So I've actually written down here golf membership here, Kays. Uh, but well, I don't be, think that's meant included. to be a gold membership day. So you can win a gold membership unless Kays is willing to fork out a fine Mount Osmond uh, membership. Yeah. So one of our lucky listeners. Not, not yet. Not yet? Okay. No, not yet. So a gold membership. You could win a gold membership, uh, a Keeper League t-shirt or a four-pack of Remedy Kombucha if you do uh, join, uh, sorry, do the survey for us. So um, yeah, if you could, that'd be amazing. So then we can get a bit of a gauge on where we're at and uh, yeah, what we need to do for next year. So please help us out with that. Uh, but yeah, four-pack of Remedy Kombucha is something you could win, but we're also drinking some Remedy Kombucha right now. And we are. You know, if you don't win the competition, you can always get 20% off Remedy Kombucha on our on our website. Kaze is trying to awkwardly open his Remedy Kombucha because he forgot his mic clip tonight, and so he actually has to hold his microphone like a pleb. But I wanted the sound effect for the secret sound. Yeah, well, you, you kind of got it in the end, holding your microphone between your knees as you opened up your uh, Remedy Kombucha. But uh, yeah, look, if you want to get some of this Remedy Kombucha, uh, head to remedydrinks.com slash au slash shop and you Use the coupon KEEPER20. Get yourself 20% off Remedy Kombucha and free shipping as well. So, uh, yeah, if you want to get involved in that, definitely do that. And also another sponsor, uh, Zambreros. They're looking after our listeners at the moment by giving away uh, two vouchers, one for you and a mate each week. So, Kays, this week's winner is Jordan from Kidman Park in SA. Mm, just down the road. Yeah, it's not too far from here, uh, Kidman Park. It's a, it's a fine suburb of Adelaide. Uh, um, you know, out west, west is best, as they say. It is, it's yep. fact. Uh, we're, we're, I mean, I'm kind of more northwest. You're kind of northwest as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the Port Adelaide Council, we are. Are you Port Adelaide Council? No, I'm Charles Sturt. Oh, you are. I'm mm. in Port Adelaide. Anyway, uh, Port Adelaide Enfield re- uh, represent. But anyway, uh, yeah, Jordan from Kinderman Park, congratulations uh, on winning the two burrito vouchers from Zambrero. If you want to get involved, uh, head to our website, keeperleaguepod.com.au slash Zambrero and sign up to win. All right, moving into the round rewind, the segment where we recap all of the weekend's games and try to find you some Keeper League relevant players. So, uh, first game was St. Kilda versus Carlton. So, uh, the player player I'm going to talk about is uh, Jack Higgins. So, he had 88 points uh, playing up forward with a tiny amount of midfield time involved there as well. He had three CBAs and scored okay, but he was just... And one of those games where you put up a good score, but you just don't notice him do anything useful within the game. And the Saints were just terrible on uh, Friday night. So, I don't know. It was just one of those games where, um, I don't know. It's hard to tell how he actually played, um, you know, without judging him purely by his fantasy score. But he was scoring well before he got injured early this season. He was averaging uh, 83 from his past five. Well, he's, he's averaging 83 from his past five games. So, it's nothing to turn your nose up at. I haven't completely written the guy off, but I'm just not overly confident in him either. What do you think about Jack Higgins? He's just scoring's been too up and down and his role's been too up and down as well with the Saints. Like, I don't know. As I said, from day one, it was a strange move for him to go to St. Kilda if he wanted to be a midfielder because they do have a glut 
Um, he's only really dominated fantasy-wise when he's kicked a fair few goals as well. So, I don't know. I think he's just purely a like a inconsistent half-forward long-term now. Yeah, I can't see him moving into the midfield or anything like that. Even though St. Kilda's midfield hasn't been great this year, he's still not a candidate, I don't think, to go in there. So, that's what we're all expecting. Well, not expecting. That's what people were hoping he would mm. do. Hasn't done it. And I think he's just stayed course. But that said, if he can average 80 as a forward, which I don't think is out of the realms of possibility, he'd be super handy to have. It's just that the high ceiling that he once had because he was talked up so much as a junior is probably just not there, that's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a big one. Jack Silvani had... Mm-hmm. 126 points. So, moving on to the Blues here, obviously. So, I said last week this is probably going to be a one-off. Like, like he played a bit of um, backup ruck time, but I was thinking, you know, uh, it's not going to happen long-term. But then, with the Koenig, he went down early with a pectoral injury and he became the number one ruck. So, he got dominated in the hit-outs, but he just kind of played as an extra midfielder. And, you know, with Pitney done for the season, Casbolt's a couple of weeks away, it says on the injury list, but they might just not risk him anyway because, like, what's the point? Mm. So, he could actually be the number one ruck for the rest of the season. Actually, no, I did read today that um, Taconing is actually cleared of any injury. So, uh-huh. he could come uh, straight back in if Taconing could. So, it might be short-lived. But that said, like, he played as the backup ruck last week and scored, I think, 100, 100 as well. Close. Yep. Yeah. So, he still could potentially do it. Um, I just don't know how long-term, you know, do they just play De Koenig and then use Silvani as a backup? Do they play him and Pitnet? So, De Koenig and Pitnet in the future, do they use Casbolt as their backup ruck? Um, it's really hard to tell. So, I wouldn't bank on it being big for a long you know, period of time, but I reckon for the run home, and he could actually win you a couple of finals if he's on the wave wires or you've got him stashed away in your bench. He could actually go on a bit of a run here for the last few weeks and score some fantasy points. So, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Harry Mackay, I don't really need to say much about him. He just had 94 points on the back of five goals. So, you know what you're going to get. He's going to kick goals and he's going to score your points or he's not going to and he's going to score you no points. So, you're just going to have to ride the wave there and try to uh, pick it up. Uh, Paddy Dow had 87 points and this was a real good performance from him. So, not a huge score or anything like that, but he actually played a great game. So, I know his disposal efficiency was only 63%, but he does a lot of in-under type stuff um, around the stoppage and that, which isn't always, you know, the most silky smooth work from him. But he was actually quite composed around the ground. So, like, he set up two of the first goals um, by hitting up targets. So, I think Carlton are a better side with him in it when he's playing like this. So, he's still at forward a little bit too. So, he's that tiny chance of keeping DPP next season if he keeps that kind of roll up for next season. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't bank on it, but I'd probably say it's probably like a 50-50 at the moment. Maybe 60-40, you know, 60% midfield, 40% DPP. But if he does play a bit more uh, up the forward in the last few rounds, like he did on this match, he might go okay. So, I don't know, with Paddy Dow, I still have faith in him. What do you think about Paddy Dow? I know you don't think much. I think very little. Um, it's good to see, you know, what's fourth fourth season. Still hasn't had a fantasy tongue. <laughs> yeah, but he was injured for the second, uh, third one. So, let's, you know, kind of like, like, good players like Schoenberg, et cetera, you know, get them in their second year. But, yeah. you know, Paddy Dow can't still just, quite get just one his fourth year. Yeah. One more than Patrick. Uh, Jeremy Sharp gets, uh, you know, two, two in his first five games. So, that's what a good fantasy uh, protege does. But anyway, uh, Jacob Wiedering had 84 points, uh, took a heap of marks in defence, had 10 in total. He always uses the ball by foot as well when he gets it. And he's averaging 77 at the moment. So, I think he'd be a handy player in most sides. If you had him as a D5, you wouldn't be complaining about that, would you, Case? No, no, I'm actually quite keen on Jacob Wiedering. I think he's young, 22, 23. Um, we know that a good centre-half back can score pretty consistently. I wonder if he'll be put back in our draft pool next year. Probably not. Uh, he was a mid-season pickup, so he's valuable. Okay, so mm. that's cool. All right, I yeah. did not know that. Very cool. handy backup. But yeah, yeah. no, no, I think, I think there's always maybe five or six really good centre-half backs that you can take 
not necessarily maybe keepers, but um, draft pretty highly in a in a redraft and um, you know use them for D four D five stocks. All right, cool. Let's move on to the next game. Yes, onto the Bulldogs and Crows. Uh, Jason Johannesson uh, had 78 points and it was a much improved game from his 2020 norm. Uh, 15 touches and two goals. But saying that, 78 points, I still wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Uh, he's playing that wing half-forward role and to be honest, he just got lucky. He played an absolute trash side in the Crows. Um He's a scrap heap player. I don't think there's any chance that you could be keeping him. I know there'd be so many coaches out there who would have kept him for, you know, three, four, five years. But the role on the halfback flank does, doesn't exist anymore. Um, and I think the only way I'd even be tempted to pick him up next year would be one of those last picks at the draft where you roll the dice that maybe the dogs put him back in, in defence and he kind of recaptures some of that old form back there. But the current role that he's playing is just not conducive to fantasy scoring. And, yeah, I think the uh, glory days of JJ are gone, Hef. I think if you're playing like dynasty style where you kind of only delist three players per year and you've got the squads of 40, you can make a case for him as like a backup, you know, like – uh, we've seen like heaps of teams in like leagues I'm playing that are kind of like, running with like no defenders now, like because of the, so many injuries throughout this season. So you could probably make a case for something like that if you if you really needed to. But, but would he be a defender next year? Well, that's true. He's probably going to be a forward actually. Mm. Um, yeah, even so, like if you and forwards are probably more scarce. If you have a like a terrible run of injuries, he might be handy. But I wouldn't like in a league like ours when you're only keeping six days, sixteen. I wouldn't be doing it. But if you're keeping thirty seven like one of my leagues does, mm. um, you might make a case for him. That's the only way I can really see making a case for him, that's all. On to some of the dog's younger guys. Riley Garcia was pretty impressive. He had 76 points and he's a guy I like a whole lot more than someone like JJ. Uh, Garcia had 18 touches and a goal. He looks very talented and um, played a similar role to what Johannesson was playing, but just played it a lot better. And I think he's going to be one who's seriously undervalued in drafts next year. There's not much chance that uh, many um, leagues that are taking him next year and I think he could be a flyer yes I know that the midfield at the Dogs is, is pretty stacked and it's always um, tough competition for games but uh, Garcia did show a bit of um, fantasy ability back when he was a kid more so than this guy Cody Waitman who had 73 and there's been a hell of a lot of hype around this kid lately and I think people just need to relax a bit he's not going to be the rising star everyone's saying that he's just a solid small forward in a good side almost shades of uh, Squizzy Taylor years ago where yes you know a small forward can be flashy at times and take a good grab and kick a couple goals but to be honest for me he's a bit of a dime a dozen yes he does some good tough tackling kind of things but he's not a rising star are you saying that in five years time he won't be getting a game like Lewis Taylor uh, I don't know if he'll go quite on that same (laughs) career projection hopefully but uh, look I I just don't have super high hopes and he was never really a midfielder in in juniors either looking back on his stats someone like Garcia was outscoring him by 20 points a game so um, I think he's going to be penciled in as that you know, small forward, which is a good role for his career, but I don't think it's going to be a fantastic fantasy role. So I think just pump the brakes on someone like Waitman. And Jamara Ugelhagen, he had 67 points and he was pretty solid again, kicked two snags and had nine touches. Took a couple of really nice marks too. So I think he's definitely tracking to be a stash and someone who will probably show his best, I think, 2023. I think next year, another grace year period and yep. uh, see what he can do from then on in. I agree. Uh, onto the Crows. Look, tough game for them, but Tom Duday definitely deserves a mention. He had 76 points and he's genuinely elite, an elite defender. Um, the Crows probably would have lost by 10 more goals if they were dudeless. Um, he had 20 touches and seven marks. I know he's only averaging low 60s, but I have no doubt that that average can grow. Um, and he's definitely a guy I could 
make a case for to be a keeper, especially one of your last picks as um, a pretty consistent backman. Really, like, he hasn't had a lot of luck injury-wise. Um, obviously, he did his knee a couple of years ago and kind of had a bit of an interrupted season this year. And I think um, – and he's back fit and firing. If the Crows can add an extra – key defender, uh, allow him to kind of float and intercept, which he does beautifully. I think he can be a, a very, very good uh, fantasy defender. Uh, I'm still, the uh, jury's still out for me. I just don't see him doing anything more than he's doing now. That's that's all. So, Weedering or Dude? Weedering. Okay. Weedering use, always uses the ball by foot, better in the contested one-on-ones just. So, probably take a few more marks. Tough. Yeah. St. Clair represent, Tommy, don't worry. But uh, <laughs> Tom Lynch. So yeah, you just saying that because he's your neighbour, that's why. 75 points from Tom Lynch. Uh, he's definitely played himself into another contract. Had 18 touches and a goal. Look, the Crows always look heaps better uh, and more assured when the ball's in his hands. He's up to 80% ownership now, uh, which has grown a shit ton since about a month ago. And he could be one that some coaches don't hold based on his age. I think he's 30, 31. But if you, um, you know, think your think your squad's around the mark next year, I think he's one you could definitely uh, pick up early uh, in a draft next year because he's super consistent. Potentially doesn't have as big a ceiling as he once did, but his floor is always pretty, pretty solid. And um, next year, if floor is anything like what we're seeing this year, if you can back in a guy to have 75 most weeks, I think that's a big win. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up next year. Um, I don't think the Crows are super keen to hold on to him if they can get anything of value for him. And he might offer something for a premiership contender somewhere or a team that's, you know, vying to make the top four or something like that. So, uh, I don't know. I just don't know how – is his, like, how's his body? Like, I guess he's played the last few weeks, but he's probably one injury away from calling it quits, I reckon. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Big call, Holly. Yeah, that's, that's what I do, mate. Just make good calls. Uh, North Melbourne versus Geelong. So, Luke Davis-Uniac, uh, he had 91 points and just did his usual grunt work in the midfield. Uh, was forward a bit too and he kicked a goal. Um, he's just super consistent at that kind of 70 points to 90 points each week kind of range. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't, like I keep saying this week after week and I sound like a broken record here, just doesn't have the ceiling, I feel, to just go big each week. But he's one of those players that I like to have as like your last midfielder on field. Like if you can get your team to a point where he's your worst midfielder, then you're doing okay, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind uh, LDU for that kind of factor. Um, Curtis Taylor is a player who's grown on me each week. So I spoke about him last week getting plenty of wing uh, time on the wing and he had 81 points this week and I actually looped him on in our game, I think it was case because yes, I, I put him on the forward line because I could have picked a, I had a raft of forwards I could actually choose from but he was the one I thought might go okay uh, playing on the wing and I think it was just kind of the way the game was played and I'll talk about that a bit more when I talk about a few more players but um, yeah, he still gets a bit of a run up forward and I'm not sure if there's actually some sort of rotation with Stevenson that's going on there. I'm not kind of sure how it all works out. Um, you watch the ruse closely and it's um, McDonald and uh, DeMont quite frequently on there and then they just kind of then have um, Stevenson and yeah um, Taylor on there a bit too so it's a bit interesting to see how they actually roll through but they're definitely the secondary ones but um, yeah he could be handy pick up next year if he just um, can play this role a bit more consistently if he's up on that wing. I don't mind him as an option, especially if he keeps forward status. Uh, Bailey Scott had 77 points and he's been handy on his half forward flank for the last few weeks. He had 81 points last week and the thing I've noticed with him though, he goes like big early because I think he was on 50 at half time here and I think he was on like uh, 30 or so in the first quarter last week as well. Mm. Um, but he just goes missing. So, But the thing is, the signs are there that he can actually score. He just needs to get that consistency going. I don't know whether it's fitness or whether it's just confidence. I don't know what it is or whether it's just role or North Melbourne just kind of being in the game early because they're having a real crack to kind of just keep afloat and then they kind of fizzle out afterwards once, once they're screwed. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Bailey Scott's just someone who showed he can score in patches. He just needs to kind of go on with it consistently. So I am a big fan of him. Though. I've liked him for a long time. It's the first year I haven't owned him in our home league, but I've got him in every other league, I think. So, 
Uh, Zach Guthrie had 128 points. Moving on to Geelong here now. This guy wasn't even supposed to play and he scored 128 mm. points. He just ended up best on ground, essentially. Crazy. So he was just marking everything across halfbacks. He had 30 marks and just his intercept possessions, I noticed, like he was just... And it was one of those games where it was just played between the arcs. It was just like uh, Bruce would have the um, the ball on their defensive 50 and they'd kick it to a Geelong player along their defensive 50 and then vice versa, Geelong would kick it back. And it just kept going back because the score was like 60 to 40. So mm. it's pretty gross. I'm not sure if it was windy down there or what the go was. But um, yeah, just near the team just really got a run on and it just got pinged back and forth all day. And he just cleaned up there, just racked up marks. Uh, there's little intercept, intercept sessions, those wayward kicks you just get on top of. Um, yeah, I'm not sure he'll do it again, but he definitely has my attention going next week because he should hold his spot after that performance so mm. um, I'm going to be watching him again with interest that's for sure uh, Jed Buse had 105 and it was kind of like Guthrie is that Guthrie that is like the way they just ping ponged back he was in defence as well so just a op- lot of opportunities to score points there so um, it was his third score over 70 from 19 games this season so Jed Buse just isn't a fantasy scorer so don't be looking at him on the back of that score just thought I'd tip the cap there uh, let's have a look Mark Blitzarv so he had 85 points he was mainly in defence but he did the a bit of a backup uh, ruck job too I think he had four centre bounce attendances and a little, little bit around the ground too when the ball was in defence um, push forward and kicked a goal, which was kind of funny. You kind of actually, I thought, thought he might have been playing forward, but then you watch him run all the way back to defence uh, after he kicks it. So I love it when players do that. But anyway, um, with the, his back centre DPP, he's super handy. And he's a player that I love because I own him in one league. I just love having him as my loophole option because he's not quite a, he's not my five best defenders. He's not in my seven best mids, but I'd love just being able to float in between the two and bring him on somewhere because he generally, every time he gets an 80 or most of the times he goes about the 80 mark, especially when he was rucking earlier, it was huge. Mm. So um, that was uh, nice to see. But yeah, if he gets a, um, if he gets a ruck DPP next year, I think he's going to be a really good pickup. I just don't know if he's going to play it out now that uh, Stanley has the number one ruck at the moment. He might not play it out too much, Mm. but you know, if he was to continue with what he was doing earlier, earlier. God, that would have been good. But anyway, uh, let's move on to Collingwood versus West Coast. So, Will Hoskin-Elliott um, playing on a wing like he usually does, I guess. Um, but this is what he can do when Collingwood just get on top of sides. So, as a forward, I reckon he's pretty handy to own. Like, so he's averaging 74 this season. And I mm-hmm. think you'd take that in this year where forwards are hard to come by. So, I don't mind the way he's gone about it. But on the other wing at the moment is John Noble and he just keeps getting it done. So, he had 102 points and his shift to the wing has just been awesome this season. Um I don't know whether it was just a, a, a Robert Harvey thing when he took over because I think he was doing it a little bit before he got there, but it's really kind of excelled um, since Harvey's been there. He's averaging 95 from his last three, so that's pretty handy. And if he can somehow keep back status for next season, he could be one of the premium defenders or keep a league premium defenders, you know, not uh, classic style where there's only seven of them, you know. He could be in like the top 20, you know, quite easily, which I'd guess he'd class as a premium. premium. If he's on the p- first page of Ultimate Footy, you're doing okay. Where do you reckon he'll keep it though? Where do you, you think, think gonna, no, like, do you think he'll keep back status? Because mm. you kind of just think defender John Noble, if that's how the- It's been like five, six weeks where he's been playing kind of on a wing. And I go through and like most of the games I watch these days, I just get it drew it into me to watch the wing attendances because you don't have to worry about CBAs anymore because they get counted for you. So I watch the wings quite closely and I always see him on the wing. So yeah, I don't know. He's you don't see f- him in defense as well. It's just that like, you know, you don't. it's hard to tell when he's been shifted back there. In, in play, you know it's what I mean? About the 40th best defender at the moment. 40th. Mm. Yeah. But if he, like, if he keeps the, up the kind of, you know, the scoring he's going at the moment, he could mm. jump up. Well, he's 23rd in the last five. Well, there you go. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, Trey Rusco. So, here's one that has caught my eye as well. So, 102 points he had. Uh, just really found a home in Collingwood's defence. So, he was listed as a forward. It was listed as a forward, a forward as a junior, I'm pretty sure as well. Um, but he was awesome this week. Uh, 19 kicks, three handles off a halfback. Just a great ratio for fantasy scoring. Yeah, and he was a reasonable junior scorer as well. He had 83 in the Waffle Colts, the average. So, he's listed as a forward, as I mentioned, but probably won't keep it if this role continues. But regardless, um, if he's got that kind of fantasy now, uh, Trey Rusco could be a player that you uh, that you like the um, you know would like to own in your team. That's for sure. Uh, Jamie Elliott had 86 points. It's just usual for him. Um, kicked two goals in the midfield for a tiny bit as well. I think he had a couple of CBAs. But you know, if Collingwood were better, he would be a better scorer. Like he was pretty goal dependent. Mm. Um, the midfield time that he, the little midfield time he gets these days, he used to get a lot more when uh, they weren't using him to go in there so much. Yeah. But um, the little midfield time he gets just doesn't actually affect his scoring. It's more about the goal scoring for him. So he needs to do that more and just doesn't do it. But uh, Trent Bianco had 84 points and he started in defence and then had a stint up forward as well, I think, in the second quarter. And he kicked two goals while he was up there. And he should have been three, actually. He played on on the siren and, uh, yeah, they didn't count it. Um, he's a real solid outside type, though, and just going to be a future gun. Another one who was a good fantasy scorer as a junior as well. Um, yeah. And I'm more than happy to have a piece of Bianco, Rusco, or Henry going forward. Oh, absolutely. Throw yeah. Coulter in there as well. And just purely because, you know, Collingwood are going to be in a bit of a rebuild for the next few mm-hmm. years. Those guys are going to get a lot of opportunity. Yep. Um, moving on to uh, one West Coast player that caught my because they were absolutely terrible. And that was uh, Jake Waterman. So he had 96 points and he's playing this high half forward role. And like I was saying, like I, I looked at his heat map and it's like, it looks like a winger, but I was watching the wing attendants really closely and I didn't see him get one wing attendant. So mm. um, what he does though, and when I kind of, I went back on Stats Pro and actually tried to figure out what he was doing. So what he does, he like leads up from, or when Collingwood, sorry, when Collingwood had the ball or, um, and then West Coast kind of shift their kind of defense or their whole team up to kind of make their zone. He pushes right back up to like the halfback flank. When there's a turnover, he joins in on the kind of link up to get back. But then also as well, if he's if it's like a quick passage of play, he's one of the lead up targets as well for West Coast. So he takes a few grabs as well. So he scored 96 without even kicking a goal. So it's kind of like he played that kind of genuine yeah, kind of just he's the link man. Bro. Yeah, it was like it was perfect. Yeah, link man. That's the best way to describe it. So yeah. Just kind of moved between the arcs all day. And yeah, like I said, kind of looked like a winger, but didn't play on the wing um, specifically. But yeah, the, the only thing was Liam Ryan was out. So, but they play a pretty different style. Like he plays a lot closer to home. So mm-hmm. I don't think that really is any like a red flag or anything like that. He's averaging 90 from his last three Jake Waterman is as well. So, and I've always had a bit of a bit of a crush on him in you fantasy have. terms. Um, it's good to see him finally put a few together. It's the one year I don't own him probably again. I need to swear. I need to hold all these players for like one extra year. I just let go of them too quickly. That's as the a, issue. As a f- as a coach who tracks it's a beautiful thing at the moment <laughs> uh, Gold Coast Suns versus Melbourne this was not a beautiful thing uh, Suns were disgusting Luke Jackson had 96 points and while he didn't take the number one role as I thought he might have uh, big LJ still at an absolute day out kicked four goals all come in the first half as well he had 17 touches 14 hit outs just building really nicely and uh, look the D's did really build, uh, sorry, beat up on the Suns though so um, you know get Enjoy it, but I wouldn't get too excited. That's going to be week to week, this kind of stuff from now and in. But I would have liked to have seen him have a bit more ruck time. Can I just say, he pretty much had an even split with Gorn, didn't he, in the ruck? Gorn had a heap more um, around the grounds. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but yes. Because um, he did seem, like I did notice doing the CBA numbers, he jumped, he had 26% more CBAs and mm-hmm. Gorn had 26% less. Mm-hmm. So it's like they gave him like a little bit extra and you can kind of so see where they perfectly Gorn still outscored him. Yes, two goals. Yes, Gorn's, yeah. Go- oh, yeah. Gorn's goal from the boundary was amazing. By yeah, the way. that was but amazing. Anyway. But look, I, I think it's, they're obviously going to keep pushing more and more ruck time into him. And I think from a Melbourne point of view, there's no real rush for them to 
do a handover or anything like that at the moment because they're both working pretty well in tandem and their forward line's firing. But I think what was just positive is they do look to be giving him a bit more, like just trying to ease him into it, you know what I mean? So it is like, it is. I don't don't think there's going to be like round one next year. Yeah. Max, you're playing full forward and Luke, no. you're rucking like it's going to be. But I think there's definitely going to be a gradual like crossover mm. at some stage. Yeah. And I said this in the CBA article that there could even be a, a, a time where Max Gorn gets four status as well. Mm. So maybe not next year, but maybe in the next you know two, three years. It, actually, there could be a time where he gets it. And well, I don't think there'll be too many people complaining about that. No, but the good thing for LJ owners is he'll have ruck forward status next yeah, year yeah. for sure too. Yeah, definitely. So definitely good. Uh, yeah. Alex Neil Bullen continues his fantastic season, 92 points from him. Uh, back-to-back hot games. And look, he did it against quality in the dogs the week before. And they're not so quality in the Suns this week. Uh, 17 touches, but look, it's the nine tackles that gets him that big score. His hunger, even against the poor sides, is what you really love to see. He's just uh, really, really in and under and just wants those plus fours. And uh, he's delivering this year. Uh, 25 years old, so he'd almost be in contention as a keeper, uh, especially if the um, the forward ranks keep pretty slim because he's averaging 70 this year, which might be worth a, a borderline keeper. Um, there was a question from one of our listeners um, mm-hmm. last week about Neil Bullen where we had to pick – uh, a player out of four to go big in the finals this week and mine was Neil Bullen and yours was Tex Walker. Sweet. So, <laughs> so how'd Tex Walker go? Uh, he played. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Bullen, Neil Bullen is, um, is kind of, I am liking the look of him though as well because he's, he's going he's gonna to keep that forced out some, like I'm pretty sure he has had a few games where he's come up to the wing a bit this year mm. and he's had some good games where he's actually like without being goal dependent he's actually scored pretty well but yeah because he does push up the ground a bit more I don't mind him as an option he's been mm-hmm. quite good this year yeah. so. in Texas defence it was blowing a gale and the Crows are trash yeah that's but, true uh, apart from that yeah. uh, Ben Brown he had 85 points kicked four goals one real tip of the cap game and look as I've tried to say all this segment the Suns were genuine witches hats so his best game of the year but an easy one to figure out why that score's there uh, looking back he just needs goals to score well. If you want to think about streaming him, they've got the Eagles, the Crows, and the Cats, so it's a pretty tough run home, although the Eagles are a bit on the shitty side at the moment. But, uh, look, he could be a handy player for you next week against the Crows as a genuine streamer option there. So just keep him around the, the mark of your side. Uh, Tommy McDonald had 83. He started on fire, uh, then was subbed out at three-quarter time with a stiff back. Look more precautionary, but they are saying he might be 50-50 to get out this week against the Eagles. But he was on fire before that. 15 touches, five tackles, and kicked one goal too. I just love the way he's moving this season. And uh, for me, he's in my my side. And he's definitely making a case to be a keeper because, um, you know, career best Tom McDonald a few years ago was genuinely a, a keeper, a fantastic forward option. And, um, yeah, he's... He's doing some good stuff this year, Tommy McDonald. What's his average at the moment? Uh, uh, Good question. I can get up in a second. But the thing is like, I don't think he's going as big as I think he is. But every time I play you, because you've got him in both. He's averaging 76. Yeah. yeah. So I'm under this like, in my head, he's averaging like 85. Mm. Because I only like really take notice of him when I'm playing you. Because you have him in, like we've played each other. We're going to play each other four times in one league and two times in another league. So Mm. we played each other six times across two leagues this year. And you've got him in both those teams. And every time I play you, he's going 80 plus at least. And it's just so frustrating. I think the first time he, had, he turned up, like the first time we played. He does seem so. to be a kind of a match up kind of player. Yeah. What's he sitting? He's sitting because obviously Ford's, he's the 27th best forward this year. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought it was a lot higher than that, especially with the way he started. Mm. I think he was like right at the start he, of the year. He, he was started like top hot. 10. Yeah, yeah. But you know, he's around the mark. I think he's still young enough to, to make a case. Yeah. Um, look, there was heaps of other demons who scored 70 odd, but um, I think they're just scoring bumps because of the, the Gold Coast 
side who they put out and were disgusting. But look for the Sun side. Charlie Ballard at 85 points, and he was down there a lot. There's no doubt about it uh, as a uh, Suns defender. But he had 18 touches and 10 marks. Just takes a lot of marks each week. That's what it seems to be. Um, doesn't add a heap more touches. You know, some guys will have five marks and 20 touches. He kind of relies on a lot of his stats coming from, um, you know, possessions after the mark. But he's 22 years old and developing key back. So I think he's one you could look at as a depth pickup next year if you do need some back cover. And lastly, Jai Farah. He had 68 points and was an intriguing one. He was playing down back all day, had 19 touches and, and didn't look too bad down there. Looked a bit of a natural. So with all the injury issues that the Suns had, um, you know, with guys like um, Ellis and uh, Markov, uh, they obviously deployed him back there to ride it with speed and drive. And he did that pretty well. Um, interesting to see if he holds it. I'm not sure he will, but uh, just one to keep on your radar. Yeah, he's been in and out all year. And like, I think he had a real hot start earlier on in the year, but then... Uh yeah, tape it off a bit and found himself out of the side. But yeah, um, I don't know. He, he looks at his, when he looks good, he looks really good. But when he looks bad, he looks bad too. So, Correct. Yeah. Anyways, uh, move on to Hawthorne versus Brisbane, Brisbane game. Um, shout out to my mate Triby, who we played in a elimination. Well, sorry, what you, a semi-final I, to qualify for the grand final. Um, I had uh, Jared Lyons captain in this game. Yeah, my boy. And he, he went 153 or something like that. So it was just devastating for him. I think I ended up like winning by over 100. So like if he would have just got his average, I still would have won. But uh, at the time, it was really, really close. And it was just like game over from that point onwards. So I love it. And I love watching players like when you've got them captain and they just keep racking, racking, racking. And like he wasn't even in the midfield. I think he had like a dip in, a huge dip in CBAs, but they chucked him up forward and he'd just like get like Mark Kick on that like half forward mm-hmm. line and then just like deliver it straight into forward 50. It was pretty awesome to watch. But anyway, uh, the big player I want to talk about, and this I think on all the fantasy pods he's been mentioned this week, and that's Connor Nash. Mm-hmm. So he had 94 points playing in the midfield, just playing as like an enforcer. And they interviewed Clark at halftime and he was saying that they, uh, they, they talked about his rugby background and they thought he was a really good player in traffic. So they thought they'd give him a run the midfield. And he actually had a pretty decent run. So yeah, he was just an absolute ball, just like a tackling machine in there. Um, just like, and you know, just playing in, in an under type footy. But yeah, watch him closely because he's someone who will have forward status next year because he's listed as a, an AFL stats we've got him as a key forward. So um, mm. he might, um, he might, uh, so he probably will keep his uh, forward status from the, from the games he's played this year. I think in the waivers, he was, he's, as of yesterday, he was 3% owned. Mm-hmm. On Sunday night, when the draft dot was recorded, he was 0% owned. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they had him as 0% on their waivers. So, yeah, um, everyone's been talking about him this week. Look, do I think it's, you know, he's, it's definitely going to happen? Absolutely not. Like, next week, you could see him just back up forward and doing nothing. Or yeah, we've seen kind of what's happened with Newcomb and... Yeah, Graham exactly. Oh, yeah, he could be out of the side in two weeks. Come out, yeah. yeah. But just wanted to keep your eye on, really. But it was good to see. Oh, yeah. Um, Ned Reeves, 85 points. And he is just, without a doubt, the next ruck in line at Hawthorne. So mm-hmm. you just need to get on board now if he's available in your waivers or if he's going to be in a draft next year, say you don't have waivers on like we don't. Um, he's someone that you need to get on board. He's just such a big unit. Like he's a, he's the tallest player that's ever played for the Hawks. That's the stats they always go to. Sweet stat. Yeah, yeah. Awesome stat. Um, yeah, so specific to one club. But anyway, um, but the thing is like, he just takes the ball out of the ruck and like handballs it or like gives it off. So especially with the ruck rules now, like someone like Sandalins 
hands. Imagine mm. what he could have done with those rules where just you pluck it, handball, yeah, you know, if you get tackled, it, it's not a free kick instantly. Yeah, um, it would have been pretty fun to watch. But yeah, he just handles and kicks from there and gets a few points there. So Ned Reeves, I guess it was a high stoppage game, being down at Tassie, being a bit windy, lots mm. of ball, you know, wayward kicks being locked up, balls mm. getting thrown in. But and I think there was over like a, almost a hundred opportunities like for ball ups there. Um, but yeah, he's just having an, he's just showing awesome signs as a as a young ruckman, I guess. So yeah, one I'm definitely hot on at the moment, and I'm looking to. You know, if you if you want to secure the future of your ruck role, say you're on a bit, you know, a bit of a shaky ground with your rucks, he's one that I think kind of like what um, Tim English was two or three years ago. You just grab him and wait three years and you've got yourself a number one ruck. Mm-hmm. I think that's still the case, he's, especially on the back end of the season. It was probably a bit shaky at the start of oh, the season. Oh, yeah, but, even but, not, yeah. but he's shown how good he can be forward as well. Yeah, true. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's yeah. doing well, Timmy. Uh, Mitch Lewis had 72 points. Uh, he was just impressive, like just taking some really good grabs all over the place. I think he got injured at one stage, but he might have come back on. But he just showed he could... Could have what it takes just to be one of those decent key forwards, you know, those 70 75 averaging key forwards. If he plays like that each week, he could go right. Uh, and Dan McStay had 97 points and he kicked four goals. And He's just had a bump since Hipwood got injured, he had 70 odd last week, but he's only done, he's only had 70. Uh, sorry, he's only had 90 points like one other time this season, so he's not someone you expect every week. And long term, like, Hipwood's going to be back, so mm. he's not like someone you pick up now in your keep league and you're going to have a good forward for long term. If you're picking him up now, you're only going to have him for the next few weeks, really, before on oh, the start of next year, obviously. But there's no guarantees about it. We need some stopgaps for finals. That's true, and there's a few out there at the moment. So he's one you could think about if you really need a forward. But uh, yeah, just long term, I don't really rate him. Uh, Oscar McInerney had 94 points uh, on the back of 46 hitouts. So uh, I think uh, I can't specifically remember what uh, Reeves had, but I think it was in the 30s. And then Oscar McInerney had 46. Uh, and then there's like Ben McAvoy had a few in there as well. So there was a lot of hitouts, a lot of opportunities to score them. Uh, but yeah, was on top of McAvoy when he was in there, and he kind of got on top of the inexperienced Reeves in just the hitouts in a hitout sense. But probably some of the round the ground. Stuff. Reeves was quite good as well. Um, but yeah, he just had back-to-back good scores. And I think he's definitely a fieldable uh, option in keeper leagues, um, especially if you're looking for a ruck. It's not the sexiest name, but quite often you don't need the sexiest name. Like I've run, you know, in redraft leagues, I've won flags with, I used to just um, draft Reece Stanley with my last pick every year. And I just used to play him. And you don't really, like you can make it up elsewhere if you, you know, if you draft correctly. So you don't need the sexiest ruck in your team to win a flag. Mm-hmm. You just need to field one that can get a 90 every now and then, especially on grand final day and you're good. Anyway, let's move on to your boys. The Bombers had a, it was one, it was a great game, but uh, just a bit of a heartbreaking loss for you guys. Heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking, but a very good game. Um, and I enjoy watching Sydney play this year too. They're, mm. they're good fun to watch. So absolutely. Um, a lot of the big guns shone this game, but uh, we've got to talk about our guy, Justin McInerney, 101 points have 28 touches at 82 percent he was just looking amazing and i'm watching the game i was like oh he's in the center bounces a few times he had 21 cbas yeah second half he played in defense whole first half mm. second half he had i think 11 10 in the third quarter 11 in the last quarter something like that so crazy just but it was one of those things you just don't expect you're like all right horses mm. just put him in the midfield now yeah. and he just killed it yeah great <laughs> but look the run and dash that he's providing from that halfback line is is sensational and the Swans play this chip it around kind of style, especially in the back line, but then, um, you know, the run and gun through the middle. So they set it up. McInerney's one of the guys. Obviously, we've seen Blakey get a bit of ball as well. Um, so, yes, I think if they continue playing well and they continue the game style, I think it's fantastic to have a look at him. And he's only 58% owned, so he's going to be a lock to have defensive status next year. Yeah. Well, it, just- depends. it depends if he plays midfield from now on. Because he's probably played, he's, played, he's probably only played five or so, probably about seven games on the halfback flank. You'd be stiff. I've been yeah. talking him up for eight, nine weeks. Obviously, they should have got it, and they're listening to you. Obviously, 
Horse, <laughs> horse will listen. He'll put him back just for last. Well, he games. hasn't got it in either of the formats, so not in fantasy or keeper league. Uh, in ultimate, I'd footy. be shocked if he didn't get it next year. But like, there's been limited opportunities to actually change it now, mm. especially in ultimate footy and yeah. fantasy. Didn't do it last time. Yeah, and then it depends. I reckon it, if he continues for the next like for three weeks, it's a lock. If he plays midfield for the next three weeks, it comes becomes a bit contentious. Surely he's not. I don't think he is because this is the other point I was going to bring up. So this year we saw Chad Warner basically mm-hmm. playing the exact same role. He got injured, I guess, the shin, but for, he played for four weeks with it and putting up crap scores because Robottom was moving back in there. And so then uh, Warner came back out. Then we saw George Hewitt move in and kind of kick Robottom out. But Hewitt was playing CBA. He had heaps of CBAs on the weekend as well. Yeah, I know, I know. Mm. But then, yeah, McInerney comes in as well. So it's it's just so hard to tell who plays in that Sydney midfield. Because we got Parker and, yeah, um, and then Kennedy like Florent, as well. Florent scored bugger all on the weekend. Florent, well, I was, every time I looked, Florent was on the bench, so I wasn't sure what was going Because I had him in one of my leagues because I was so down on midfielders just through injury. That, uh, yeah, Florent just like just barely could seem, like, couldn't seem to get anywhere near it. But he's usually on the wing anyway. But then you've got Dawson out on the wing too. I don't know. It's just hard to tell who runs through them. And Golden, uh, Golden, Golden, I don't know who say. He's on the wing as well. There's just so many that could run through there. It's They're just getting so bulldogsy uh, midfield. Yeah, they really are. It's, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just hard to tell who's going to get it. But I also think there's a part of it is just horse trying players as well. Because mm. they're not supposed to be this good right now. No, they're not. Like, they're meant to be rebuilding. So, mm. it's it's a testament to that footy club, really. But I think as well, there's, there's an element where he's just trying a few different players and a few different roles. And at the moment, it's just paying off. But I think they'll probably want to push for top four now that they're only mm. a game and percentage behind Port Adelaide. So, uh, yeah, there's a chance that they kind of just try to go for a big, you know, just uh, fixed you know, fixture for the next few weeks mm. and just try to lock down a, a, a permanent midfield combination. But we'll wait and see what happens there. Let's move on. We, yeah, we, we just uh, got caught up talking about Justin McInerney because we just love him so much. We do moment. love Justin McInerney. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Patley had 80 points. He kicked four goals, one, and had 17 touches. Uh, really turned it on in the third quarter, kicked three goals and had 43 points. He's one that I drafted early in our home league and he's let me down because his 29 average was 77. Uh, he's only 64 this year. Although he has kind of started to heat up the last four games, he's... Um, Averaging 70, 70, uh, 77 in the last month, just 76, 73, 79, 80. He's just slowly getting his way into my calculations coming into finals because, you know, these are the decisions you make. Do you go with a guy who could go 40 or 100 or do you go a guy who is at the moment going to almost guarantee you get a 75? So um, he'll be around my starting 22 this week, but most likely be a bench emergency. Um, but look, he's in some good form. Uh, he's kicking goals, which is important. And if he can keep that pressure up, and I think if Sydney keep playing well, he's one you could look at fielding uh, this week. One of those players that just looks way better than his fantasy score. Yes, correct. Yeah. You're like, why are you only on 12 points? Yeah, you've just, like you've had like a game-changing moment here and you yeah. look like the best player on ground, but yeah. you're on like, yeah, 25 points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dane Rampey's been excellent too. Uh, 75 points from him on the weekend. He's averaging 72 this year and sixty. Uh, sorry, 76.7 in his last five now. He had 20 touches and seven marks, and that's almost become a stock standard game for him lately. They've got the Saints, North, and Gold Coast coming up. So I reckon there's a, a big chance that he's just going to keep pumping out some good scores because, you know, the Saints have been pretty average, North are average, and so are the Suns. So when it gets down that Swans back line, they're going to have plenty of time to, you know, kick it around, chip it around. So I think he could uh, definitely have another 75 coming out this week. And look, he's obviously not a keeper, but. Just one of those guys who's a great example of players to draft for your side when you're in the window. Like he's in my tight side at the moment and it's just good to know that you've got someone who you can lean on and you know you're gonna, what you're going to get from him. Yes, it might not be the most um, 
high rewarding kind of score with that mid 70s kind of like a pat plea but they're the guys who just help build your team oh, and, always and, worth owning and, and um, yeah especially because you're going to get someone like him late because he's not sexy he's not old yeah but you know what you're going to get week it's in, week kind of out. like the way you drafted this year like player someone like me is just trying to go after all the young players like in a proper rebuild where you're mm. trying to have a tilt at the flag so mm. players like rampy are just going to drop all the way down because everyone's trying mm. to well people that are trying to draft for the future are just trying to draft all the young sexy names yeah and you just pick these stock standard players that if you're pushing for a flag yeah. they're just going to get you 70 each week and they're going to hold you in better stead say someone like me who's dr- mm. um fielding archie perkins each week yeah who's getting me 40s yeah and less that's no, what happens you know what I mean? yeah uh and for the bombers sam draper at 67 points and yeah i suppose this year has been pretty fantasy disappointing for him he's only averaging 57 um but on the weekend he had 11 touches and 23 hit outs but as a don supporter i think he's building beautifully look he's just so athletic and uh, they talk about it all the time but he wins his fair share of hit outs for a youngster he's only 22 he's still pretty raw only really had two years properly you know playing afl footy after injury so just keep the faith i think um yes he could get a bit worried but i think he's got the fantasy kind of look to him in his game style. So uh, keep fat and, uh, yeah, stick with him. Keep fat, stick fat. Keep stick fat. <laughs> I think you mixed up a few words there. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Just keep butchering the English language. That's case. all right. It's all good. Uh, but on to Frio, <laughs> Richmond. Wow, what another crazy game. I uh, would not have picked the Dockers to win, I don't think. I tipped them. <laughs> Over Dockers there. Dockers at home. Yeah, I know. Over Richmond. Are, you just yeah. don't know what Richmond you get. But uh, for the Tigers, Sydney Stack had 99 points and, Remember when he was basically the hottest keeper league draft commodity, Hef? Yeah, a couple of years ago he went first round now draft, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, sorry, early second. Of I reckon he, well, very close, close, but yeah. then he just absolutely went into obscurity. He had 25 touches and 10 marks on Sunday, and he's coming off three 50s in his last three games prior, but uh, looks to have found a nice little spot across halfback there because he struggled when they've put him on the wing over the last couple of years, but in my mind, he's a genuine halfback flanker. And with uh, who they got North, GWS and the Hawks coming up, I reckon he could be worth a little play if you are looking for someone to, to just kind of come in as a, uh, was he a center forward? So 17% owned. I think his best is good enough. And we've seen it a couple of years ago. Like he can score, he can rack it up. It's just whether you have the trust in him. So if, if you can loophole him, maybe have a look at it, but uh, if not, maybe just, Leave it. You got to remember, he's probably only getting a game because of how injury depleted Richmond are as well. But I don't, I'm not talking really long term. I'm talking oh, like okay, as yeah. a, as a forward option this year. I know, like, for, you know, like you've got Langford out, you've got Heppel out, you've got Hopper out, you've got Viney out. There's some guys who are out, big names who are out this week. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's just someone who you potentially could bring in as a as a streamer option. I think. Yeah, this year. fair enough. Uh, Dan Rioli had 69, just continuing his nice roll across the halfback flank with 20 touches. And, and light stack, I think he's actually suited back there. The big question is, does he stay back there next year or is he even at Tigerland next year? I think that's the other big question. There's been talk of being traded for like a couple of years now. So mm. it could actually come to fruition this year. But maybe it's a bit of an audition for another club just playing, you know, take Dan Rioli. He can play up forward. He can play down back. Yeah. Take him. I don't know. But uh, look, he's 27% owned. Um, not one you can recommend, but I think I'd be interested to just draft him late next year just to see what happens. I think I think there's something there, especially with that halfback role. I've got him in – I he was a state knives in one of my trades. So I traded um, – I got Dangerfield and I got Rioli for Golden and James Jordan. But – it's actually turned out that I've I've actually had to use him because I've had Paddy Ryder with an Achilles and had another forward out. So I'm actually down to like my last forward. I've actually had to use him the last couple of weeks. Mm. I did actually use him last week, but he's in the week before. And you think he got a 70 odd yeah, as well, which I'd been take. solid the last few weeks. Yeah, every, I'd take a 70 from like my very last forward that I could possibly field. Mm. I'll take that. So yeah, no. And it was at that point where, because we do the only, in that league, we only do the three list changes. Yep. I don't know whether 
I, I, he, he was one of them that I, would, I was actually going to use because I like all my young players so much that I don't want to delist any and I'm, I'm kind of in a flag window. Like I could set myself up for the next few years if I keep some of my older players. And he's one of those players where I, re- I, I had backed on just delisting him at the end of the yeah. year and freeing up a spot. But now yeah. it's like, do I do it or mm. do I keep him? It's really actually really hard to think about. So he's one I'm going to be looking at in the off season and I'm in an hour and over, that's for sure. Mm. Uh, Jack Graham had 58 points and another very disappointing display from him, 18 touches. There'd be a lot of coaches who would just uh, be crazy uh, thinking of that they've kept him or drafted him early because he's been very disappointing and there's no way in the world that you can hold him next year in a, you know, a reasonable, um, you know, 12, 16 kind of keeper league because if he can't score now, like he's had weeks without Cochin, he's had weeks without Martin, he's had weeks without Prestia. You know, yes, Prestia came back in on the weekend, but, you know, like there's midfield and wing spots there for the taking and there's scoring there because we've seen him do it, but uh, it's just not happening for him this year. So he's... He's on the he's on the nose for me as a fantasy commodity. Oh, he was your boy earlier on this year. He was well, last year actually. Yeah, he's mm. gone. Yeah, thank God I delisted him. That would have been a <laughs> heft move if I kept him. Um, Hayden Young had seventy two points, and this kid is just class. Got the rising star nod. Twenty three touches. Went at ninety one point three percent disposal efficiency. And if you're looking at someone who can score for the rest of this season, but also be a keeper, it's him. He's only forty two percent owned as of today. He's going to be high class. It's going to be down the back line a bit coming up. They've got the Lions, the Eagles, and the Saints. So, I think he's a great pickup, Hef. Yeah. Great hey, pickup. Of course, yeah. Like, he was, he was one of my – like, I was really hot in him earlier on in the season, especially, like, in the classic formats because he was so cheap because he got injured last year. And I still get – I think you guys still got to worry about his kind of injury proneness because he's had two like, long mm. layoffs in his career. But he's a genuine talent. What was he picked seven in the draft? Yeah, like, yeah like he's got to be a gun. Yeah, he's going to be a gun. He just needs to get a decent string of games. He's going to be fine for sure. And lastly, if you are looking for someone to bring in this week, could you bring in Connor Blakely? 65 points from him. He's been the super sub this year. Well, not so super, but he's been the sub a lot. But we know what he can do. His best is good. If he can kind of recapture some form from a couple of years ago, he had 17 touches and 65 points from only 57% time on ground on the weekend. Because he was once a genuine primo and now he's basically not best 22, but is best 23. And obviously, Bailey Banfield is going to be out this week after that injury. There's no one really banging down the door at waffle level uh, for Frio that we can see. Could you? Could you bring in Connor Blakely this week? Sorry, I was just patting myself on the back, uh, you know, for getting Hayden Young at pick seven correct without looking. So, well done, Hef. Congratulations if you won uh, Fantasy Seller of the Century. Connor Blakely. What, what was the question? Could you Could, could you, you bring him, him in this week? 15% owned. Mm, what do you if you're talking about a guy, an enigma, who could potentially, if he gets 100% game time or, you know, 80% game time. Who are they playing this week? Oh, they've got a tough matchup, don't they? Or another finals contender? They are playing the Lions. That's right. I wouldn't bring him in this week. He just hasn't shown enough in terms of fantasy scoring. Plus, Not we know his while. history. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He could he could very likely be dropped this week. But exactly. There's there's <laughs> a guy who's just he could be one. He could be one. Yeah, that one year we had that the perfect fantasy role. That role mm. was completely gone, and he's just, like it's not. It wasn't because he is a good player. He was just allowed to just mop up across halfback for mm-hmm. Fremantle. Yeah, and he's just not doing that anymore. So yeah. Now, Hef, yes. tell me about James. <laughs> this is actually awesome to watch because I was in a like I was kind of in any normal circumstance I'd be so pissed off with the way Port were playing for the first 
two and a half quarters because got out to a lead, getting uh, yeah, letting them back into it, which is just classic port. But because I was coming out of lockdown in like less than like six hours, coming out of isolation in like less than six hours, I had some beers. I was just in like, kid, like my kid went to bed really early because he just had a big day. It was just uh, in a real good mood. But uh, seeing someone like James Peatling, uh, yeah, really uh, warmed the cockles because mm. uh, just a player that you know brought in the midseason with a good fantasy record, just putting it up uh, at the senior level. So yeah, he was awesome, just running out of uh, defence. He had eighty two points, uh, fourteen kicks, eight handballs, and had, took eight marks too. They were like more of the kind of chippy around type marks, um, mm-hmm. not a lot of intercepts and things like that. But mm-hmm. he's got the right game for fantasy. Actually, no, he did have a couple of intercepts, a few of them. But yeah, look, he's just got the right game for fantasy. Um, I just do worry about how those points are shared in the GWS defence. So mm-hmm. Whitfield really didn't have the ball in his hands a lot. And I think regardless, it's someone that they want to get the ball in the hands of more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just don't know how those kind of points are going to be shared out for a player like Peatling uh, back there. But it was a great debut, that's for sure. And um, just definitely get on board if you can lock down a, a role like that. Um, yeah, he's definitely one to think about. So if he's available in your league, I'd be picking him up now for the future, especially if you can stash him away for another year because he did look the goods and we know he's got the yeah. fancy pedigree from the uh, State League scores. His yeah. VFL numbers have been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's the only GWS uh, player. GWS, like every time you look at him, it's like 2G4. Only GWS player, but I'm going to talk about 15 port players nah, next. Well, with GWS, Yes, it's like 2G4P, 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 spud, 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 spud. That's their like whole list, basically. Fact. Yeah. And Brent, da- and Brent Daniels. <laughs> and yeah, Brent Daniels, he floats between. Mm. But anyway, uh, some port players. There are quite a few here, but there are quite a few fantasy scorers here. Uh, I talk, I, just for the reference, guys, I talked about one Essendon player. Yeah, it's because they lost and they didn't have any good fantasy scorers. Well, I'm sorry. When players are scoring well, you've got to talk about them. I'm just okay. doing the fans a service. All right? okay. I'm just doing okay. listeners a service. Okay. Fans. I said fans. That sounds gross. Yeah. They're our listeners. I'm not, not sure they, they're fans of us, really. We just help them with if their- If they uh, knew you, they definitely wouldn't be fans. With their, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about some poor players. Just to give me 15 minutes. Uh, Todd Marshall had 92 points. Um, it was his best game for well, quite a while. It's probably his be- uh, one of his better games ever, really. Um, he was working up the ground from the centre forward position, playing the true centre forward role, and took nine marks to kick the goal too. But he'll go missing when Porter aren't, aren't on top like they were in this game. So he's not really a fantasy type, so he's not one I'd really look at. But you've got to tip the cap for uh, 92 points. Now, Willem Drew, now, Kaze, I need to ask you: Do we mm. do we have to two G four PM? Because like you're, you're happy enough with the way he's scoring, he's averaging seventy six, and he's got no ceiling, but he's just so consistent. Like he's a player, another one of those players I'd love to have as my last midfield player. If, you, if you've got him, you've got a good team. If, if mm-hmm. he's your last midfielder, you've got a good team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do we have to two G four PM? Because we're just gonna we're just gonna keep talking about him getting eighty each week or seventy five, you know, seventy five to eighty five each week. Okay, we're we're coming to the the real business end of the season, right? Yeah. So. If you've got him in your t- team at the moment, you're either very happy because you're probably playing finals, right? Yeah. Are you keeping him though? Not in the six. Oh, in the sixteen. In, in sixteen, are you going to keep him? Because this is this is the bloke, make my side. This is the bloke who would give you nightmares. Well, he'd get you seventy each week minimum, and he'd yeah. get you ninety every few weeks. But are you but are you wasting your last keeper on that? Well, in our league where we play utilities, mm. it's uh, he's probably a pretty one, pretty good player to put there. Very cool. Um, in my side, he, he'd probably make the keeper, make the cut. He's not on my side, but if he was, he'd is he going to play that same role at Port for the rest of his career? I think so. Yeah. So like, Rocky, Rocky's dead. Rocky's not coming back. Yeah. Who Rocky's else is Rocky, in there? I think Rocky's out of contract, and he doesn't actually have one in front of him at the moment. Mm. Which is kind of sad. Poor Rock Pig. Yeah, it'd be great if he goes somewhere else just to finish off and get a few more tons for us. But I don't know if he's going to. Um, yeah, he'd scrape into mine. Probably not yours though. I don't know. 
No. Now that Chrissy Main's retiring, though, so you might need and to get sad. someone. There was a spot opening up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Charlie Dixon had 85 points. And now, Kays, is he 2G4P? Four goals. He's averaging 81 over the past 10 rounds. So I kind of think he's always going to be a pod regular, don't you? Yeah, but he, he, we 2G'd him last year because he averaged 80. Well, sure, we can we can leave Charlie alone for the rest of the year. Yeah, well, like, we're just going to keep tinker on his cars. We're just going to keep talking about how good we've been for talking him up ten rounds ago and to bring him in. So I'm going to talk about yourself. No, but we just don't need to keep doing it. Like I don't know, everyone knows now. That's part of the two G four P thing. It's just like are we just going to keep repeating ourselves each week, or just two B two G to get rid of him? You know, uh, Riley Bonner had eighty five points, and he's always looked like a fantasy type running off that halfback flank. But he's averaging eighty one from his last three, and he's putting a get like together a good end to the season. And looking at his role, like sorry, looking at his fixture going forward, he's got Crows, Carlton, and the Western Bulldogs to finish off the season. So even though Western Bulldogs are a tough opponent, it's still not hard to score fantasy points against them just no, with the not. style of play. So he could be a cheeky little pickup if you need a defender. He could go alright over the last few weeks. Uh, Miles Bergman had 74, 74 points. He floats between um, defence and wing, but more defence uh, this week. He looks like a fancy type as well. He's, had, he's having a good season. So um, I think owners would be pretty keen to try to stash him away for the next couple of years because he looks like he could be a fancy type. And last but not least, I want to talk about Peter Laddams' case. So he had 74 points this week, uh, kicked three goals, but he's actually winning a few hitouts now, although he was up against Tom Green at one stage. So you can't really count those ones. But I think he's going to keep forward status next year. He looks like he's in the best 22 at the moment, playing the kind of uh, almost third tall option, really. Mm. And then going to the ruck, he may be a keeper for many people, depending uh, depending on other forward options next year. So on Adelaide Radio, they were talking about Robbie Gray comes back in, maybe not this week, yeah. next week. you got to drop one. Who are you dropping? At a Port's forward line. Mm. Yeah, it's hard. Is it Laddams? Is it Marshall? Is it the big fish, Georgiades? That's no, not Georgiades. I reckon it's either Marshall or Laddams. Mm. Depends what you so need. So is he best 22 then? I reckon, I reckon keep, he is. Are you going to keep a guy who may or may not be best 22? Oh, he's, he's definitely on the verge. But when he score, when he plays, he scores so well. That's the thing. Um, he's someone that you pick up in the draft reasonably early because the ruck status is valuable. And when he does play, he scores pretty damn well. And if he's got four status, geez, that's- He's like a, have. Ruck, a ruck brain for <laughs> Kind of, except no one near as good a scorer. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think he, I think I'd rather play him over Marshall at this point in time, just because of the ruck thing. So then we don't have to move Charlie Dixon from the forward line, which is kind of what I would do. Mm. But that said, uh, Todd Marshall has played his role quite well, even though uh, a lot of people are shit on Todd. And you Marshall. think Ken has an easy job? Ken has a tough job. Yeah, I think most AFL coaches do. Why are like, you so harsh on him? Why do you always want him? I sacked? think David Teague has a tough he's just, job. He's just trying. <laughs> They've all got a tough job. David Teague's <laughs> list manager hasn't helped him out. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> They've all got a tough job, mate. It's not easy, but uh, some just do it better than others. Some take that tough job and do it well. Uh, well, that's Wednesday. Uh, anyway, that's the round rewind. We're talking shit now. Um, memberships. So if you appreciate the work we do uh, and you, we bring you the podcast each week, uh, please consider becoming a member. In return, you'll get access to all of our bonus resources. And if you sign up now, you have them for basically all of next season mm. as well because your membership lasts a year from the date of purchase. So that means you, in the off-season, you're going to get all the draftee numbers um, ahead of time, really. Yeah. Um, you'll get all of our bonus podcasts, all that sort of stuff, the breakout tracker to kind of do your research with over the, uh, the long layoff in the preseason and all the um, State League fantasy scores to kind of see who was performing well in the uh, VFL sample and waffle who might be kind of ready to break into the senior side next year mm-hmm. and score some fantasy points. So if you are not a member... Uh, 
please consider joining up and you'll get all those for next season as well. So head to keeperleapod.com.au and click on the membership uh, button or uh, there's a link in the description as well to sign up as a member too. So you can check that out there if you're keen to sign up. We, should have, we have had another couple of members sign up this week. So Sick. not thank gold you. members though, but uh, thank you for the people, the silver, silver members that have signed up. But we read out our gold members on the podcast each week. And I've counted up. If we do 10 for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. we'll get through with one episode to spare that's if no one else joins up. No one else joins up to go. We'll get one episode to spare and that'll give us time to kind of give a shout out like, have we missed anyone? <laughs> they can get back in contact with us because it's quite, well, I think we missed one, only one last year. So it was All complaints to Hollywood Hef. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sometimes you just kind of skip one on the line or something. You accidentally cut and paste the wrong one. So uh, anyway, case, read, out standards. The, read out the 10 uh, gold members this week. A big thank you to Dave McGill, Ollie Charles, Lincoln Smith, Chris Williams, Mark Barber, Lindsay Blair, Big Orse, Andrew Simmons, Sam Button, and Adam Davies. All right, we'll get into the projection picks in a second, but Kays, you are going to read out some of the state league numbers and some of the better scorers over the weekend. Mm, obviously, still no Sandful and uh, limited VFL, but uh, Alex Witherden had 144 points and 40 touches in the waffle. Your boy, Hef, Lockie Fogarty, 131 points. Get him back in. Although, after that performance, I don't think he's going to be coming back into current will be, side. Will be tough. Uh, another one who scored well, Riley West, kicked three snags and 134 points. Jared Brander would have to be pushing around to spot two. He had 34 touches and 131 points. Patrick Nash from the Tigers, 129 points from him. Big Andrew Phillips, who plays for Essendon. Yeah, well, played for Carlton. What the hell was going on there? That's how short. So Bombers couldn't play. He used to play for Carlton. He used to play for Carlton. Plays now for plays Essendon. Essendon. Essendon didn't have a game. Carlton didn't have a ruck. So he went and went back to his old how side. How did he just do this in a, in a like league? The, the, swan, the, the uh, Giants and Swans did the week before. They had a combined side. What is the point of the VFL? The VFL is just, like, yeah. it's just, a, <laughs> just a real fun time. But yeah. uh, 27 could you years. Imagine, sorry, could you imagine that having a sandful? Like, people would be outraged if that happened here. Oh, like, yeah. I know that Albert no one in Victoria actually gives a would shit about be burnt it. down. But because we live in a hick town that still worships the state league. Sorry, South Australia. I was just kidding. That's but anyway. very mean. <laughs> That would be an absolute outrage that happened here. But anyway, if keep the going. Crows and Port combined oh, to play. Would nothing. No, it wouldn't happen. No, no There would be actually be fires yeah. and pitchforks <laughs> on the streets. Um, anyway, big flipper Phillips had 27 hitouts and kicked three goals, two for his 128 points. Jack Bytel surely gets the recall. 28 touches and 126 points. Will Hayes uh, playing good footy for the Dogs, 121 points. Ollie Hanrahan from the... Hawks, 120 points, and so did Samson Ryan. He had 37 hitouts and 120 as well. All right, we've ticked over the hour mark already, Kay, so let's get through our projection picks quickly. Who's your captain for this week? My captain for this week, Hef, so... I can tell you who it is. It's Dylan Shield. Yeah, it is Dylan Shield. (laughs) So, look, no Heffel, no Langford. I think it's time for Shield to step up. Uh, It's his third game back now, coming off a 75-point game, but that was only from 65% time on ground. So, I think he can make a big impact at Marble Stadium. Average is 98 against the Dogs and 90 at the Docklands. So, if he's got a big game in him this week, uh, we need it from him. So, I'm just backing him in. 
Real remedy kombucha gut feel styles. The Docklands Stadium. That's not a term we hear often enough these days. Uh, capitalism. Marvel, anyway. <laughs> Sad. Diego Mira is my captain this week. He's in a bit of hot form. He's averaging 114 from his last three. Uh, that was probably helped by 146 last week. But he does average 100 versus Collingwood, which I thought was high considering you know injury background and stuff. Actually, probably makes more sense because he probably missed a lot of games in the early days as a junior where he's going to be scoring you know 60s and 70s and stuff. But anyway, it's being played in Tassie, I think. I think that if that's still the case. I actually have no idea what goes on with the venues at the moment. At this, at this um, point in time. Good. Uh, he averages 94 there anyway. So I reckon he backs it up this week and puts up another big score. Who's your loophole case? My loophole this week is Charlie Kerno. Your boy. Yes. Now, we saw the Ds dominate uh, the Suns last week in the tall forward ranks, and there's just no reason why uh, Charlie can't do it this week. And he's been a very, very good player, and I think the Suns can play him into some form. Uh, they've actually been his bunny team over his career. The last three games he's played against the Suns, he scored 95, 82, and 108. I'm sorry, but the Suns are everyone's bunny team. True. <laughs> the best thing is it's the second game in the round. Uh, he's a forward. He could easily punch out an 80-plus, which would just be an absolute lock uh, come finals time for sure. Uh, my loophole is Xavier Dersma, only because he's been super slow coming back from injuries. I think he's had back-to-back scores in the 60s, and you'd be uh, pretty tentative to play him, but he's got a great record against the Crows. So he's averaging 96 against the Crows, which is a pretty good average for the, a guy who's probably only played them, what, four times? Um, mm. maybe, no, five times in his career. I think it was only one game last year. Um, but yeah, had 115 against him last time he played as well. So coming into your fantasy finals, it's, it's just a good chance to stick him on the bench and see how he goes. If he does get another 60, then there's no harm done. But he's got the potential of whipping out a few bow and arrows this week and uh, scoring a, a decent score. So maybe chuck him on the bench and see how he goes before you kind of lock him in. That's just my thinking there. Let's move on to the streamers. Who's yours? Mine is Jack Silvani. Now, look, it's looking like likely maybe the Koning will play, but still. This isn't a streamer. He's a lock now. It's a lock? A lock of the week? Yeah, absolutely. Well, look. (laughs) Uh, Streamers are meant to be somebody who might not, you know, go huge each week. Nah, but I'm just kidding. Jeez, back to You're allowed to do this. People thought that with Jeremy Sharp and then he came out and scored 30 on the weekend. Uh, But look, if he's the number one ruck this week, or even if he's not, even if he's backup ruck, he's still a massive chance to have a big game. Uh, Only had the five hitouts last week, but just played as that second midfielder, really. Um, Nine tackles, which I do like. So I think playing the Suns is a dream matchup for any one in his particular situation because you're either up against uh, the Sturby Pole and Zach Smith. the Suns this week? Mm. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. sweet. <laughs> so that's why I've got to put him in there. Look, you could probably make a case for Chris Burgess or potentially Zach Smith as well as a streamer of the week. Coming up against him. Coming up against yeah, him, yeah. if it's him only, obviously, because yeah. Rowan Marshall himself had 45 hitouts on the weekend, so even Zach Smith would be able to have 30. Well, there you go. There's three streamers from Case. Yeah. Uh, my streamer is Brody Majacek just because he's been in good form. He's averaging 86 for his last three, uh, 75 for his last five, but he also averages 85 against Hawthorne, had 92 against them the last time he played. So, Brody Majacek is the kind of player that could get on the end of two or three goals. And I'm hoping, you know, Collingwood bring that form that they had last week against Collingwood because it should be a mm. bloody good matchup. And if he can get on the end of a few goals, he'll be a, a good get. Um, waivers case, let's go. Pretty simple. If you haven't got Hayden Young in yet, what are you doing? Uh, 42% owned. He's the rising star this week. He's going to be a high-class defender for a very, very long time. Just do it. That 42% owned would be a lot of draft leagues because I think he's in a lot of keeper leagues because he's quite a good player. But yeah, definitely. He's about to, I reckon he's about to go bang in the next year or so. So Agreed. get on board. Uh, Connor Nash is mine for this week. He's only 3% owned, as I mentioned earlier, and he's playing in the midfield at the moment. 
Um, and if this continues, it should be good value. We'll have forward status next year, so you can potentially roll him over to next year if he kind of keeps his role up. I don't know if we will, but he's worth getting on now just in case he does. So, yeah, Connor Nash is mine. And we didn't have any Apple reviews this week. I did put a tweet out on mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon, but uh, I don't think anyone saw it. Probably people were, were enjoying not having uh, football on and doing something different on a Saturday night for a change. Yeah. It was very weird for me. I could have watched the Olympics case, but I actually went to bed and just read my book. So. How bloody rude. <laughs> Saturday night was an absolutely fantastic <laughs> night well, of Olympics. I, I was just... Uh, uh, I wanted to, I had about 100 pages in my book to go and I just wanted to get it done so, so I started so good women's 100 meter final had it all I'm just not I just can't get into it man I'm sorry <sighs> I try anyway let's get on to the listener questions alright moving on to listener questions Case, what's the first one of the week uh, it's from at Maddie. Hey guys, what do you do with Burden at the end of the season? It's had a big last month, two tons and 70 points to half time in round 17. And he's only 24 years old, but is he worth keeping over a Rivers slash Isaac Quainer type? Uh, he also has Luke Ryan, Jarman Impey, Jack Scrimshaw, J- Little, what's his name, Sicily and Dawson in his uh, side. So what would you do with Ryan Burton, Hef? Um, it depends on how many he keeps each year. I'm not sure if he mentioned that in the question. I don't think he... Eight teams in eight that teams league. though, yeah okay, but yeah, still like you know they could keep forty each. Who knows? Like, oh sorry, they could have forty squads and keep heaps. But um, I think he's worth keeping over Quainer for sure because I just don't see a biggest like a huge ceiling for Quainer. I think he's going to be a bit more of a defensive type. Um, I can see D- Rivers developing into a lot more than what he is now, but we're seeing Burton having his first kind of injury free run in a long time. So there's been multiple games where he's been like subbed out and then like plays the next week. So he has like injury affected score. And if you're not watching closely, you just go, oh, Burton had a shit score, but mm-hmm. he's actually just gone missing from, you know, halfway through the third quarter type thing. Um, so while he hasn't missed too many games, he's had just injury affected scores here and there. So I know Burton is a super talent. And if he can remain fit, like we saw what he did in his, I think it was his second season at Hawthorne, but like mm-hmm. his first full season of playing mm-hmm. where he wasn't like just awesome in fantasy for a, uh, for a youngster. One of those types that you can bring in in classic and play him the whole year kind yep. of thing. Yep. So yeah, if it depends on his body, but I think, and it depends where your team's at too and how many you keep. I think if you're contending in the next two or three years, Oh, next year at least. Keep Burton, I reckon. But if you're rebuilding and thinking more long-term, like you, there's no doubt you're going to have seasons where you miss Burton for a long period of time and then Rivers is going to develop into something decent and you're going to be kicking yourself for having him. So it depends. If short-term, if you want short-term success, I'd go Burton. Long-term, go Rivers. Because, yeah, I can see Rivers breaking out the next season or two as well. Uh, next question. It is from at Isaac underscore WF. What players do you see as being good realistic forward targets, fieldable options who will keep forward status, as well as those guys who might get forward status in the offseason? I didn't like that he used uh, the word realistic in there because then I couldn't go as crazy. But um, some realistic ones I think you could probably get in trades and things like that um, or depending how deep your league uh, keeps. Uh, I think Connor Rosie is someone who could go bang in the next season or so who's not scoring as well. So you might be able to package him up to get something good, although a lot of owners out there are probably going to know his potential, that's for sure. I think Alex Neil Bullen's probably a good target, actually. I could see him moving uh, I could see him moving up, you know, playing a bit more in the, on the wing or something like that and actually averaging like an 80 at some stage. Um, but he could just play forward and average 82 actually with the way he's going so uh, I'll have to wait and see on that one but I don't mind Alex Newball and the way he's scoring um, Jack Higgins is always someone who's probably going to float around Jack Waterman he's actually in some good form if he mm. can maintain that he could be Great. a good pickup. Um, and, and then the North Melbourne boys I talked about earlier was Bailey Scott and Curtis Taylor I think they are they are kind of going to I think they're developing slowly 
but we saw Taron Thomas to kind of take a while to come on as well. Mm. I think they might be next year have similar type breakouts. I think um, if we're lucky. Anyway, and they've got, they've got nice roles for fantasy scoring anyway. Um, and other players who don't already have forward status, I've, it's seriously so hard to find out who might get it and who might not. Yeah. So you might even get like Taranto and Gorn, you know, getting it. Like mm. if Gorn plays a bit more forward or Taranto plays a bit more forward. Um, Billings and Fife, because they don't have forward status in UF, but they've got it in Classic, so mm. maybe them. But it's really hard. If, like Players that don't already have forward status, it's actually so hard to tell to who get might it. get it. Yeah, the, yeah. the thing is that sometimes uh, if you're looking more ahead to the future – Often, like someone who, so someone who I would think who will definitely get forward status next year is someone like Will Phillips, who's a mid only this year, yep. like hasn't really set the world on fire, plays that, he's basically playing as a forward. He could be one who just, you know, another preseason jumps out his skin, kind of gets to his abilities that we thought he might have had. Um, because often fantasy, you know, guys going to their second year, there's a, a lot more volatility with their position changes. Like someone like, Nick Cox isn't going to be back forward. He's going to be a mid only next year, you know? So like they guess a lot for that first year and it changes a lot depending on how they play. So if there's some guys who you like um, from this year's draft, um, they might be ones to, to keep. An yeah. Eye. Who's the other? Elijah Hollands hasn't played. Hollands hasn't year. played. You know, you'd think that Perkins will keep center forward. forward status. Yeah. Um, who else got drafted last year? Like Campbell, highly likely to keep forward status. Um, Tom Powell potentially as well. I just, well. It's just funny you say Tom Powell. I got confused and I thought it was Will Powell and Tom Phillips. <laughs> I got that name mixed up then. Oh, because there is the a hybrids. Will, yeah. Oh, because there is a Will Powell as well. There is a Will Powell and a Tom yeah, Phillips. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Yeah, sorry. I got confused. But you know, like Finlay McRae, you know, I think these guys are going to get another you know, Sam Berry. He's doing some good stuff. So, like, if you're keen on any of these youngsters, I think you can almost lock them into getting forward status next year. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's move on. Um, at Trav014, Waterman West Coast put up a good run together as a high half forward slash wing. Um, will this role continue or is he the last man out? Like last man in, first man out? No, I think it will continue because West Coast are basically cooked and they're not going to win a, fi- a, f- a final. I wouldn't even think they're going to win a final. They're definitely winning the flag this year. So I think they're going to start trying a few new things and he looks like a guy who could be genuinely a part of their future as that link up player. So I He's one I'm super interested in next year. I, w- I would love to draft Jake Waterman next year. Connor West um, was somebody who looked good in his first game, but then he's probably on the chopping block before someone like Waterman is at the moment. Yep. Um, they got uh, Luke Edwards, not Harry Edwards, Luke Edwards who plays that kind of outside role mm-hmm. as well, which I think they'll probably want to tr- start blooding a guy like him permanently over the next year or so. Um, so I don't see, I don't know, but like, like I said, he wasn't actually playing on the wing really on the weekend. So there's every chance he could maintain this type of scoring, just doing what he's doing. Um, I wouldn't, you know, want to have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be want to be relying on the, on a wing role to score well, but he doesn't really need it anyway. So yeah, I, I don't mind him. I've just, I've, I've had him two years prior to this and he didn't do anything for me. So just being an owner, you know, sometimes that just puts you off a player. Mm. But the way he's playing at the moment, like he's, he's looking pretty good. But again, it's only two games. So yeah. we'll I'm very interested so far. Yeah. Uh, next question is from at Dust Busters FC. Is Taranto BTP, as in back to pot, playing as a forward FML? I love a good FML. I haven't seen one of them in a while. Um, nah, he's too good to be back to the pod. But geez, it's not, not pretty for owners, especially coming into finals. Like why, if uh, you're a team in contention, you start playing Brent Daniels in the midfield over Tim Taranto. Like, why? Mm. Why would you do that? I don't know. They like Brent Daniels like we do. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe no, he's, he's crazy. He yeah. might, he, maybe he's banged up. Maybe he's injured. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. I really don't know what's going on there. It, 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 but you've got no other option apart from to play him. The good thing is uh, you could loophole him this week if you want because GWS at the Friday night game. <laughs> Looping Tim Taranto. Jeez. But would you rather, but would yeah, you rather I'm, I'm 45 not, points? Yeah, yeah. Or, I'm know? not disagreeing. I'm just saying what's this world coming to? Like, yeah. you know, we've got, we've got COVID and we've got Tim Taranto playing up forward. Like, what is this world? It's a sick world we live in. <laughs> it's nuts. Um, anyway, uh, Paul Milne, which of the following, if any, would you float for a trade in the offseason? So he's got Laird, Salem, Taranto, Robottom, Gorn, Rowan Marshall, Alex Witherden, uh, Doherty, Rao, Dusty, Billings. And he's still stinging from being bundled out in straight sets with this squad that also includes Dunkley and Simpkin. And note, he can actually keep them all. So he doesn't have to trade them out. But um, I reckon I'll float everyone to see who you can get, really. Like, it's, it's a good strategy. But I think Taranto, that forward roll sucks. So just see what you can get for him there. There might be someone who wants to take him in. He might give up something half decent for him. But again, we've, it's only been two weeks. So wait and see. I don't think long term we're going to see Taranto being stuck up forward for the rest of his career. And who knows? He might get forward status and then go back into the midfield at some stage. So. Mm. It could be nice to see. Uh, I'd see what you get from Robottom because there's probably just enough hype still around the guy, even though he's not getting a game at the moment. With it, and you won't get anything for. I wouldn't even bother. And Dusty and Billings, um, I'll just see if you can get. We'll see what you can get for them. I reckon because they're not scoring too well in their in their current roles. And Dusty just seems to me like a player that he's you know he's had his career like. It's, I know it's very harsh, harsh to say, but he's got three Norm Smith. He's got three. Um, he's got a Brownlow. He's only got one Brownlow. Actually, no. Was that? I don't know. I think it's. I don't think he got the second one. He was thinking it was favourite for another one. I can't actually remember. Um, but yeah, and then he's got. You know, he's got three premierships. Like Dusty, I could just see as a player that kind of just you know fades off a bit from here. Uh, the other one about? I would be interested in getting rid of would be Sam Doherty. Uh, getting actually, on a bit yeah, in age. Point. Yeah, there's so many guys at Colton who can play a similar role. Um, his body's been a bit unkind late this year. I just think that you could probably trade him in highly uh, for someone and, and maybe get some a little bit younger or um, with a bit more upside. Yeah, Dusty's only won the one brown though. Yeah, fair enough. You think with three Norm Smiths, he would have got another one. But I guess it's only one game you got to play well for a Norm Smith. But it's correct. Yeah. I don't know. I used to be like real good with brown I used to be able to like recite them back to like the 80s. Now I can't even think of who won last year's. No, Lockie Neal. <laughs> but yeah, still. <laughs> anyway, uh, watching too much fantasy, I think that's the issue. Just pushes, pushes old stuff out of your brain. Uh, what's the next one here? Okay. It's, Dave Simpson is asking, uh, is Robottom a genuine keeper asking for a friend? Um, for your friend. Look, it depends on your squad size. I have him in the podcaster's league and I will be holding, but we keep 20, so it's a bit bigger. Um, this was his third year, so it should have been the breakout year. I'm happy to give him one more. Purely because uh, he was injured early in the season and, and potentially just hasn't really recovered properly from that. So uh, a big preseason and I think he can come in b- back into that fold and uh, be very handy. So I would keep, I would keep the faith. All right, next question uh, comes from Gage Smith. So, is Constable worth a stash? He's also asking for a friend. So, there must be a few shy friends that don't really want to ask these tough questions. But luckily, they've got good mates out there that are willing to jump in and ask them for You him. need guys like Gage asking on behalf of you just so good, you don't cop it. Good bloke. Um, if he moves clubs, I'd stash. If he's still stuck at Geelong or playing VFL permanently, I would uh, delist. Yeah, I've got him in. 
I've got them in one of my leagues too. I think I'll probably that one is like a dynasty, so I can keep a lot. But again, I've got to find three to list. So he's getting close to that mark. But I think I'm, I still make a case to keep him. Uh, Joshua Little was asking, have made finals. Who do you think is the safer option to play over Mark Blitzarbs or Ben McAvoy? What do you reckon? Uh, I'm going to back in Mark Blitzarbs as a safer option, but I think McAvoy has the highest ceiling. So it depends if you want the risk or the reward. Um, I don't think McAvoy has the highest ceiling now with reason aside because he seems to be playing that defensive role a fair bit and just pinch hitting mm-hmm. in the ruck. Whereas I think earlier in the season, he had the number one ruck role and that's where the ceiling was. I personally think Blitzar has got the better one because we saw on the weekend, he's actually playing a defensive role and doing the pinch hitting ruck and still scored in the 80s. So. The big thing for me, the, Hef, yeah. the Monday night game this week means that the Friday night game is 100% loopholeable in every league. So Blitzarv's playing against the Giants on Friday night. Why not just loophole him? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, we could do that. It's but, a um, risk-free manoeuvre. Yeah, and then you could play McAvoy. And then if he stinks it up. But what would your line be? I think if Blitzarv scored 75. Yeah, I'd say 70. Because, yeah, like I said, if McAvoy plays the exact same role as he did last week, who's he got against this week? Uh, Collingwood. Mm -hmm. Uh, He might put him in the rack a bit more against Grundy. We'll have to wait and see. Um, But, yeah, no, I'd probably go Blitzarv just because I know he can score in his actual role that he's playing now, not a role that he once had. Insert uh, old El Paso. Meme. Yeah. You can have both this week. That's true. Just play both. Yeah, loophole. Do the loophole correctly and you'll mm-hmm. be right. Uh, okay. What are your thoughts on Silvani as a long-term forward? Uh, he's in great form. I don't expect it to last, but he has shown uh, a lot in the back end of this season. That comes from at DanK101. Silvani, I don't see a long-term. You're going to get three good weeks out of him. Then every one of their Ruckman and forwards will be fit and firing round one next year and he'll be He's always injured too. That's true. Yeah. He's no better. Yeah. So, yeah. Nah, look, I like him as a short-term forward, but as a long-term forward, I'm just I like him as a mid-draft mid pickup. Yeah. Like, you're not losing anything, picking him up, you're not gaining any, you know, like it's, you know, take him around the halfway point of your, your redraft, and yeah. uh, I think you'll be fine. So, around like the 24th, 25th player overall type yeah. thing in the draft. something around that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, at Tom Oates is asking, uh, any players worth considering stashing from next year who have been injured this year, thinking Patton... Butterick, etc. I did a bit of a scour. There's only a few that I came up with. Um, players that were either injured all year or players that um, injured for the majority of the year. Uh, Wayne Miller, I reckon is someone probably mm-hmm. still worth mm-hmm. having a punt on because we haven't seen him hit his potential yet, but we might never see it with the injuries. Mm-hmm. Cam Rayner is definitely one because we thought he was going to have a big breakout uh, mm-hmm. year this year before he did his ACL pr- just in the practice game prior to round one, which sucked. Will Day's been out for a lot of the year, but I think people are smart enough to know that he's good and they're going to keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Gunston, I reckon, is someone who's still got a bit of potential um, scoring for Hawthorne. He should go around again. What He's not that old. He's like 30. He's 30 but, you know, yeah. like he's another one who you could draft as a smart player for if you're sniffing around finals. Yeah, if you think your squad's good. Depends how deep yeah. you're stashing these players as well, mm. of course. Um, but, yeah. Elijah Hollands hasn't been seen really this year either. Yeah. In our league, it's probably – like when you're keeping 16, it's probably tough to make a case to keep someone like that. True. But yeah. Um, depends how deep you go. It could be someone to go as well. Mm. Anyways, Caves, that's a Zambrero wrap. Beautiful. So we'll wrap up the podcast there. Uh, thanks for listening to these, uh, the podcast. Check us out on our socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure you drink lots of Remedy Kombucha and eat lots of Zambreros. Uh, do our survey if you've got the time as well. Please, 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 please. please. Um, yeah, like I said, it helps us uh, – 
you know, just get a bit of a gauge of where we're at and what we need to improve on, where we need to invest some time and maybe a bit of coin as well, depending on what we need. Um, that's sort of pretty funny. We, there's a question in there actually asking um, uh, if we did a live podcast in your capital city or mm. your city, um, would you go to it? And then I, I had a little think, uh, if you've got any ideas for good venues in your city, mm. uh, please suggest them here. And someone wrote the Angerston Brow House, which is uh, like a, a pub kind of up from our locals. We kind of drank at the AP and you worked at the mm-hmm. Vine Inn in New mm-hmm. Europe. And this guy suggested a pub in kind of like a rival town. Yep. But uh, I used to frequent the Brow House a fair bit on their poker nights. So, um, yeah, it's not a bad little establishment. So, oh, I just thought brouhaha. it was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. the Brouhaha. I don't know if this, uh, I don't know, I've never seen this name before. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if this person knows us or knows who we are or knows we're from the Brossa at all. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny, I thought to see something like that pop up in the survey. I'd get around the brow house for sure. Yeah, I don't know if we get too many to a live podcast there. We'll <laughs> have to wait and see. Anyways, uh, we'll quit rambling about hometown pubs unless you really want to tweet us about your uh, favourite hometown pub. Maybe it's got a good story and some character would be nice to hear about. I don't know. I don't I'd mind. love to. I love country I'd pubs. I'd love to do a regional yeah. tour. Absolutely, that'd be sweet actually. <laughs> I just don't know how many listeners we'd get but it doesn't <laughs> really matter. We could just still put this podcast out. I'm sure people are still going to do that. We each night just have like a, a best of the regional tour pod. The issue would probably be just getting like the punters just to shut up while we're trying to record. Mm. I reckon that'd be the hardest part. But anyway, fact. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we'll quit talking shit now and we'll talk to you next week. See ya. See ya.